Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Busy Mom Podcast. This is Heidi St. John. I am the owner and operator and sort of uh, busy mom behind thebusymom.com and HeidiStJohn.com. And you can find me at both of those places. Uh, Some of you are missing my friend Dorinda, who often uh, co-hosts the podcast with me. She's in California uh, taking care of her dad at the time of this uh, recording. So um, keep her in prayer if you think about it. All right, so um, we're going to continue today talking about the lie of gender neutrality. But before I jump into to it, I want to encourage you, for those of you who have not uh, discovered this yet, I am doing scripture writing this year. Um, we, we're kind of doing it in accordance with um, Friendly Planet Bible Studies, which my husband and I have written. And you can find those over at my website. If you just go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the store, uh, we have written a Bible study series for families, and it's meant to be done with the entire family. So I hope that you'll go over and check that out. But something I'm doing to get encourage women to be in the Word of God is uh, scripture writing. So basically, it's a list of verses for every day of the week. And rather than just read them, I'm going to encourage you to write them. So you can find the template for the, for that and see what all the verses are for the month of February. Um, We're halfway through February now, so right around before the end of February, the new one will be up for March, but I want you to just feel like you can pick it up um, anytime you want to. The goal is to be in the Word of God every single day. I think that we we definitely are living in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. In other words, uh, Christians who claim the name of Jesus and have accepted Him as their Savior, their personal Lord and Savior, but who do not know and cannot defend uh, the Word of God. And we need to know the Word in this generation. So um, for the month of February, obviously, I'm talking about love and what uh, God says about love. What is God's love uh, toward us? What does that look like? How does God want us to love each other? What does God say about love in regard to marriage? How should we love our children? Those are all um, instructive verses that God has given to us in His Word. And there's a lot in the Bible about God's love for us. And so um, I've made this so that your children can do it with you. There are copywork printables over there. So just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. And I hope that you um, will get into the Word. There's nothing like opening the Word of God and copying down those verses for yourself. I have a couple of uh, tools that I love to use um, in scripture writing. I've been journaling in a scripture, uh, in a journaling Bible now for a little while. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, um, go over to Instagram, by the way. I'm over there at Heidi St. John, and I'm often posting pictures of just Uh, the notes that I'm taking as I'm going along, also scripture writing with you. So check that out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. Also, we are just two weeks away from Fearless, and uh, we are almost sold out. I am so excited to see that we are almost sold out over there. for this event. If you live in the in the Pacific Northwest, or even if you don't, we've got people flying in from Texas and Iowa, um, from all around the country. Uh, this will be the one event that I do in this, uh, this part of the country this year. And we are going to be taking two days, actually a day, um, an evening, uh, evening Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of February, and we're going to be talking about fear, and I'm going to be getting into the Word of God. It's going to be awesome worship. We're going to feed you guys uh, lunch and dinner on Saturday, and you, I promise you, you will be blessed. So I hope that you will come um, and join me the 26th and 27th um, at Fearless, and you can register for that. Uh, write this down by going to, and I'll link to it at the podcast also for you, but uh, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash come away. 
And you can find all the details and register. If you register with three people or more, you get the early bird discount, which is a really great discount. So if you got three people who can come with you, sign up at the same time and they can be linked to your name, you'll get the early bird discount. All right. So I hope I see you guys at the end of February in Vancouver. We are really looking forward to it. We're going to have a great time together. All right. So last time at the podcast, I started talking about uh, gender neutrality and this push in the culture of um, wanting to get rid of what is being called the binary of male and female. You know, this the millennials are saying that they're very tired of of the binary, the male and female binary. And I don't, I don't actually mean to just blame the millennials. Honestly, you guys, I mean, this has been coming for a very long time. Uh, we've been uh, Christians have been sloppy in addressing this. Uh, we've definitely been sloppy in addressing the issue of homosexuality. I would say we've addressed it very poorly. Uh, by not loving those who struggle with same-sex attraction, I can remember, you know, being in, uh, you know, dating my husband in college, and, uh, you know, we knew lots of uh, lots of, you know, uh, Bible-believing, church-going Christians, you know, heterosexual couples who were totally sexually sinning on Friday night, but they would hold their head high on Sunday morning and go to church with everybody else, and the person who was struggling with same-sex attraction and had been. Uh, and had said that he uh, struggled with homosexuality, that person was shunned. And we're paying for it big time now because all of our sins, according to the Bible, um, separate us from God. It doesn't matter what sin it is, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's pride, whether it's lying, uh, whatever it is, those sins separate us from God. And the sin of homosexuality is no different in God's eyes than any other sin. And we blew it as a church and not loving the homosexual community and saying, listen, we all have sin. We all have uh, sin struggles. And I think that sort of led, that has walked, now we've walked down that road and now here we are, we've got the transgender movement. Now everybody wants uh, to get rid of, uh, you know, the pronouns, he and she, because, you know, we don't, we don't want that. You know, we want to have gender neutrality. But God said, and we talked about this yesterday uh, in Genesis 127, that God has created us male and female. Right, we're not an androgynous species. He did not create us to be this sort of mix of male and female. He was very specific in creating us to be male and female. Now, I don't know about you, uh, women listening to this, but I, I, I'm starting to really miss um, the days when men were men, and they held the doors open for women, and we messed that up too. Right? I was at the post office a couple of years ago. And I saw um, a gentleman open a door for a woman, and she was offended, right? Because we get offended about everything. She was like, I can do that myself, you know? And I thought, there you go. That guy's never going to open the door for anybody else again. So guys, if you're listening to this, uh, I know a whole lot of women who really appreciate a, a gentleman who will go and get the door for her or who will, I know that your wives appreciate it when you're going out to the car and you open her door for her. It is not a sign, women, that you are weaker than them. It's a sign that you're uh, that these men are respectful. And I, for one, am really missing that. So if I am at the airport, if I'm traveling, if I'm at church or whatever, and a guy opens the door for me, I go out of my way to say, thank you. Um, I really appreciated that. So the question I want to address specifically today is, what do I do? What would I do? Because this was asked of me um, on Facebook. What would I do if one of my children ever came to me and said that they identified as a member of the opposite sex? So those of you who have not listened to this before, you may not know this. I have seven children, and I'm a grandmother uh, of two beautiful little boys. And uh, we have two boys and five girls. And uh, I have thought long and hard, actually, about this, because to me, there is a spirit. I really believe it's like a, a spirit of sexual sin that has settled over this nation like a cold, wet blanket. And uh, as Christians, we've done a, a terrible job of addressing it 
And now it's like a spirit that has settled, almost an effeminate spirit that seems to have come over a lot of uh, the, the population. And uh, so I think about this. I pray often for my kids that they would know who they are, that they would um, love the bodies that God has given them. You know, some of us are born with, you know, a little bit thicker bone structure. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. And I've always prayed that my children would love the bodies that God gave them, love the way that they look, take care of their bodies. And lately now, I've been actually adding to that, and Father, protect my children against the lie of gender neutrality, that they are either, um, that, they, that they would know that if they were born into this world as a boy, that that's exactly what God had in mind for them. And if they, if they came into our family, into this world as a girl, that they would embrace their femininity. And, uh, and so that's what I would do. So the question, uh, what would I do if one of my children came to me and said, Mom, um, I've decided I'm no longer a boy. I'm, I now want to be a girl. I would treat that in very much the same way that I would that I treated my friend who had anorexia. I would not lie. I would not compound a mental and spiritual battle that my child was facing by lying to them about who they are, by lying to them about their DNA. So um, you can kind of see where this uh where this um, conversation is taking us in the culture, if we don't address it according to God's word, we're going to wind up with every kind of weird scenario under the sun, and we're not going to know what to do. So generally speaking, there are two ways to live, right? You can either live in accordance with reality, or you can live in accordance with your feelings. The Bible says that there is such a thing as absolute truth, and we want to to not uh, conduct our lives according to our feelings, right? Your feelings can lie to you. How many times have you guys uh, felt like you're punching somebody's lights out, right, <laughs> in the grocery store? Or how many times have you felt like saying something to your child that, you know, because you just had had it and you were done, that that you were like, okay, I can't say that because it's just flat out wrong, right? We don't want to live in accordance to our feelings. We want to walk in accordance with the truth. And civilization has risen and retraced in direct relation how society has embraced reality, right? Uh, medicine, for example, um, instead of magic, right? Um, there's an interesting thing that's happening with this whole uh, gender neutrality, transgender movement. I was uh, I saw it come across my newsfeed a couple of weeks ago about a woman who thinks that she's a cat. Like, no, no kidding. Um, here's what she said uh, in the National Review. Um, there's a Norwegian woman who believes she's a cat. Her reasoning or lack thereof is remarkably similar to that of a transsexual. She says, I've been a cat all my life. I realized I was a cat when I was 16. When doctors and psychologists found out that this was a thing with me, the 20-year woman who goes by the name Nano explained in a YouTube video, she said, under my birth, there was a genetic defect. It's also obvious that I'm a cat when I start purring and meowing, she added, and walking around on four legs and stuff like that, right? She's a cat. Why? Because she feels like that. She feels like she's a cat. She was born that way. So on what basis do we reject her claim if we were if we we're going to accept claims of transsexuals? What is the difference? And I'm not asking it to be a brat. I really, I'm, I think it's a legitimate question that begs a legitimate answer. Um, several weeks ago, I was on an on an airplane flying home from uh, meetings in North Carolina, and I sat down next to a, a young man who's uh, right around thirty years old, and we got to talking kind of about the culture. And um, some of you guys know, I mean, you've been listening to me for long enough. I'm not really afraid to uh, tackle tough uh, tough questions. And honestly, um, I think this generation is looking for answers. Um, I've been, for the most part, um, really impressed and. Um, encouraged by this, by the millennials who really are looking for answers in a world that is 
clearly going off the rails, right? And this young man said, you know, what do you think about what's happening in Washington State? Because he, we were both flying uh, into Portland. He lived uh, in a different part of the country, but we were both flying to Portland and it's been in the news. And so I told him, I just said, you know, as, as from what I can see, the transgendered movement is really a movement of mentally ill people who uh, are so unhappy with their lives that they uh, they want to be seen and referred to and talked about as the opposite sex. And he was like, well, I'm just afraid to say anything. And I really want to encourage you, that is exactly, and this is what I said to this young man, that is exactly what they're hoping that you'll do. Uh, this, this move to uh, make toys gender neutral, this move to uh, tell your children that they can be either a boy or a girl, when clearly they cannot, um, is really going to continue until ordinary people, until people like you and me start to say, actually, that's not right. And we begin to to be proactive. We begin to write letters to our senators. We begin to ask people who are running for office, what is your view on this issue? Um, it does not make you have some sort of a phobia if you decide to say, hey, actually, I disagree with that. If we don't stand and speak the truth, um, the lies are going to become the reality that our children are operating in. And that's a reality I wouldn't wish on anyone, especially my grandchildren. And so I want to encourage you as this uh, as this podcast comes to an end today to really consider what uh, what areas you can actually make your voice be heard in. I think um, many times what's happening in the culture is that people who have different opinion are being marginalized. They're being shamed into being quiet. And um, uh, Bonhoeffer said that the only, uh, that the best way for evil to flourish is for good men and good women to do nothing. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to do nothing. I want, um, I, I want to, uh, to say the truth, to be able to speak the truth in love. And it is a lie, by the way, speaking of the lie of gender neutrality is also a lie that we cannot be both loving and truthful, right? Jesus, if you look in the word of God, Jesus was the epitome of both. He was both truthful and loving, and that is exactly what we should be. So you don't need to get in somebody's face and yell and scream, but it. But you do need to speak the truth in love. We are called to living lives uh, that are honest before the Lord and before other people. And our children need to see us living uh, in such a way that um, that they also are directed to and drawn to the truth. There is such a thing as a lie and the truth, and in particularly where we're talking about our DNA and whether or not we are men or women. God has said in His Word that we have been created male and female in His image. And that is a message that this generation needs to hear. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.